welcome to the astrology show um i have another another great episode for you today believe it or not um we have an episode all about our dear friend saturn with palace augustine and zamboni funk um oh gosh another great conversation i'm not i'm not trying to like toot my own horn or anything but i think it's really just a testament to like the people that i've brought onto this show because yeah it was just a really rich um a really rich conversation about saturn i think you guys are going to get a lot out of it as always i still feel like i say the same thing every week but it's true it's true um, so yeah, all about Saturn, I guess a, a little bit of housekeeping to start off. Um, so let's see, Fresh Voices were actually, we're rescheduling a couple things, so we're not going to have Dignity Babes on the 11th. Um, that's going to be rescheduled. I think I'm actually going to do a webinar this, this month, um, but that's still TBD, so sorry about the, the back and forths with uh, fresh voices, but um, other cool things are happening. So let's see, I just did the summit. That was really fun. Um, I have a couple other like podcast episodes that are not my podcast, but other people's podcasts that are coming out soon. And you know, October is just such a weird month. And I'm really glad that I don't have anything major planned for this month until the end of it. Um, because I just can't imagine things going too smoothly. There's this Mercury retrograde that starts next week. Um, and then, you know, Mars is still retrograde and Mars is ruling this Mercury retrograde. It's just kind of a, it's a messy, I'm not going to even lie. It's a really messy month. Um, I've been having plumbing issues, um, at this new place I'm staying at and which is a very, Mer- or very Scorpio thing and, speaks to Mercury about the station retrograde and Scorpio, which is a fixed water sign. Um, you know, fixed water can really easily correlate to plumbing because that's water that's fixed in one direction. Um, I got that from Austin Coppock last year. I think, yeah, I think he mentioned it last year and I was like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And usually Mercury retrogrades don't hit me this hard, but Um, I think the fact that it's being ruled by a retrograde Mars makes it just like 10 times messier than it, than it typically would be. Um, so keep an eye out for that. You know, plumbing issues might come up for you. For me, Mercury rules my fourth house of home, home and family. So, you know, no wonder I'm having plumbing issues. Hopefully my, my parents and my family at home in Pennsylvania aren't going through anything, um, anything too bad, but we'll see. I'm, I'm interested to hear if you guys have any plumbing stories. Cause I, you know, just posted about it on social media a bit and, um, people are, I've, I've heard a couple things so far. So especially from fellow Pisces risings. Um, but yeah, so I guess the only housekeeping I have is, um, at the end of this month on October 30th, that whole weekend, of the 30th to November 1st, um, is the Modern Witches Confluence. And that's, that's a conference that tends to be usually in person. This year it's virtual for obvious reasons. Um, and I'm going to be giving the opening keynote, uh, on, on Friday night on the 30th. And 
I'm presenting, um, I'm presenting a lecture, um, or a presentation, whatever, (laughs) titled, um, Timing is Everything, and it's basically, it's Timing is Everything, and it's using astrology as a tool to understand the, the present moment. And I'm really excited for that. I'm, I just started working on it. It's really heavy because I kind of feel like it's like a thesis paper almost about astrology and why, how I use it and why I use it. So I'm taking it kind of seriously, but um, I'm excited. I'm excited about that. I think, I think it's going to be a good, a good lecture. I think it's going to be an amazing weekend. Um, we have this really intense full moon conjunct Uranus that weekend too. So we'll see how that manifests. It's in my third house. And so, you know, go figure I'm speaking, um, speaking at a modern witches confluence when there's a Taurus full moon in my third house, house of the goddess, go figure. Right. Um, and then the other, the other sort of housekeeping note I have is just about supporting the show. And so, I really appreciate all of you, um, you know, I appreciate you for listening right now, um, for tuning in and for everyone who, you know, continues to tune in week after week and subscribes, subscribes to the show. Um, I just want to quickly run through a couple ways that you can support us. So, um, I just started, I just got an editor, which is really awesome. Um, and you know, I'm helping, the Patreon page helps um, pay for the editing of the show. Um, right now, it's like it covers about like fifty percent of the cost for editing, which is great. Um, so, so there's that. There's my Patreon page. Um, it's Patreon.com/slash/TheAstrologyShow, and I have three tiers there. The first tier is the conjunction. That's for early access. The second tier is, and that's three dollars um, a month. The second tier is the sextile for $6 a month and that you'll get early access and you'll also get the ability to join me for a live Q&A slash AMA every month. Um, The next one of those is I believe October 18th, Sunday the 18th. So if you want to come hang out with us, we had so much fun the last one. Um, And it's just like basically a hangout sesh. Like we just talk astrology, you look at your charts, we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. You can ask me any questions. Um, We had a lot of fun. So that's at the $6 tier. And then the $10 tier, you'll get both early access and the access to the Q&As and the ability to um, be entered into a drawing to win a free reading from me um, that will be published on the show. So I just did that first one. We're about to record it soon. That's going to be an episode coming up shortly. Um, And yeah, that's $10 a month at the Trine tier. So those are a couple ways that you can support the show. It's so, so so helpful because, um, you know, you might have heard me say it before, but I'm one of those people that just does too much. I I do the most. Um, Jupiter ruled. And so, you know, having someone to help edit the show is a tremendous help and um, being able to cover that cost would be incredible for me. Um, so there's that. Another way, you know, there's there's totally free ways to support the show as well. So if you um, take a screenshot of wherever you're listening to this and post it on your socials, that would be great. Tag me at the Astrology. Um, 
you can tell your friends about the show that might be into astrology and especially those who are like really wanting to learn because I think I think it's a good um it's a good show for that those who are you know wanting to learn more about astrology um what else oh you can rate me five stars on apple podcasts and um even better write a review sorry about the clicking i'm fidgeting with a pen right now but yeah you can write a review um that would be amazing and thank you so much to those who have written reviews already it's it helps a lot it actually helps with like getting the show seen and noticed and like rising in the ranks or whatever um which you know it just helps more people find the show. It's not really about being like the number one astrology podcast show. Um, I'm not really sure if that could be possible, honestly, because, you know, mad respect for the Chris Brennan of the astrology podcast, um, who inspired the shit out of me and, you know, eventually led to me wanting to do this show. So Anyway, those are my housekeeping notes, I believe. I'm, I can't think of anything else, so I'm not going to hold, hold you up any longer. But um, yeah, support the show. We have some cool episodes coming up after all the planetary episodes are finished. And um, yeah, check out Modern Witches Confluence. I'll try to link that in the show notes too. Um, that's going to be a really amazing re- weekend. There's like, I'll talk about it more on, on the next episode or something, but um it's going to be a really great weekend. So check it out if you're into witchy stuff. And with that, I'm going to leave you with this beautiful Saturn episode. And um, as always, at the end, I'm, I'm re- re- reciting the Orphic hymn to Saturn. Um, and this is the last one because I've done all the other ones. And yeah, so enjoy. Hey everyone, um, let's see, we have Zamboni Funk with us, Palace, Palace, do you have a last name that you go by? <laughs> uh, Augustine works. So Augustine, like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, I know, yeah. I, I know I know your last name, but I don't know, it's just your palace. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we have Zamboni and Palace with us um, to talk all about Saturn. And I mean, there's, there's a couple of reasons why I asked both of you. Um, Zamboni, I just kind of see you as a Saturnian person. <laughs> um, Saturn avatar. Yeah, yeah, you're a good Saturn avatar. Um, and then Palace, too. Like, we met at Norwalk last year, and you have Saturn in the 12th as well as I do. And I remember talking to you for a while about your Saturn return experience because I was, like, preparing for mine, um, which I guess I'm, like, sort of in the middle of right now. But um, yeah, I just love what you had to say about it. And I'm just excited to talk to you both about Saturn. Um, so let's say, I, let's start, I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Um, if you want to say your SMR, your Sun Moon Rising, that'd be great. Talk to us a little bit about your astrology practice, like how you use astrology. Um, yeah, how about, how about you start, Palace? Sure. Um, okay. So I am a Virgo sun and I have a Sag moon and rising, but I'm ruled by Jupiter and Aquarius. So just to ease that out a little bit, all that Jupiter out a little bit. Um, I'm an astrologer. I've had a 
professional client practice since like the end of 2015. Um, I primarily pre-COVID was had an in-person practice, but of course now it's all shifted online. So my we're in a bit of a we're in a bit of a flux mode right now. Mm. I'm similar to you in terms of like it started as a kid, right? And then mm -hmm. you kind of like come in and out. It's like a party trick for a bit. And then it was like my Saturn return where just after that is when I started seeing clients. Um, it was Neptune opposite my son when it became kind of undeniable that astrology was real. Um, my training is primarily psychological and I maintain that orientation even though technically I mostly use like traditional techniques. Mm. I'm an academic in like narrative theory and environmental thought and like history. So that definitely blends in with my astrology practice also. Yeah. Cool. Basically. Yeah. Thank thanks. you. Um, cool. And you said Virgo sun. Is it Sag moon or Virgo moon? Sag moon. Okay. So Sag moon, Sag rising. Jupiter yeah. and Aquarius. So yeah, Jupiter is in a Saturn ruled sign too. And your Saturn is... Therefore, in um, Scorpio. Yeah, Scorpio in the 12th. Cool. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, what degree is your Saturn at? 22. Right. Okay. So it's right on top of my Mars. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, yeah, malefic club. Yeah. I, I've been attracting a lot of people lately with Saturn, like on my Scorpio stellium between like cool. 22 and 25. Nice. Um, We're, uh, yeah. I mean, it's an interesting cohort because we have the south node and pluto there too mm -hmm. and mine are all mine are 10 degrees apart with um the south node in the middle so i kind of get off easy versus some of that generation has like south node saturn or yes. like pluto south node it's like so a whole intense. other story <laughs> yeah. so intense um thanks thanks for sharing zamboni how about you yeah sure so i am uh, my name is Zamboni. Zamboni Funk is what a lot of people call me because I'm also a uh, bass player and a drummer. And uh, so funk and roll is my first love. And so that is the first thing that I, I when I moved to New York City, then that's what I thought I was going to do. I was going to be Erica Badu's bass player. Like that was my, my goal. Um, <laughs> and uh, but then, you know, I started messing with astrology. So I'm kind of a baby as far as astrology is concerned. Um, I, I was a straight materialist for, for a good long time and didn't think that astrology was even a real thing. And then I like sort of, um, you know, would like do little, you know, I, I was reading like Channing Nicholas for a little while, you know, and was like uh, seeing it work out and had a girlfriend at that time who was a Gemini, I'm a Scorpio. Oh, I, I didn't mention that I have the sun in Scorpio, uh, Cancer rising, Aquarius moon. And so uh, Scorpio and Gemini, they're, they're in aversion to each other. So they, so um, different things are going on, you know, if you're just reading sun sign horoscopes. And so um, it was pretty easy to see the difference in what was happening and seeing those things like taking place in life. And so I thought it was cool. And um, then I sort of, so I, um, I started studying pretty seriously and I missed the party trick phase. So I like wanted to do, astrology party tricks. But what I found was that when I was trying to have those conversations, uh, shit got too deep too quickly. And I just like left people behind. They had no idea what I was talking about. And so, um, and then it was you, Kira, who, who was like, yo, why, why aren't you doing client readings? 
And I was like, oh, well, maybe I should do that. And so I started doing that. And uh, so I was, I was an astrologer and a musician and an herbalist in New York City for a long time. Um, and then COVID happened. And so event-based practices uh, like, you know, playing music and uh, doing herb stuff, that stuff didn't work out any, uh, doesn't, just like doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now it's all astrology. That's all I do. Awesome. So, but I'm, but I'm pretty young, you know, like it's been, you know, uh, since the beginning of Saturn and Capricorn. I made a, I made a vow at the beginning of Saturn and Capricorn because I have Saturn and Capricorn um, that I was going to, by the end of Saturn Cap- in Capricorn, I was going to be a competent astrologer. Hey, yes, you, you totally have. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And you have Saturn at zero Capricorn, correct? I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that makes yeah. sense that you're like right at the beginning. At 29 Sagittarius. Right, right. Got a little uh. antitia thing going on there. Don't ask me to delineate that. I have no idea. <laughs> That's pretty cool though. Yeah. So your Saturn return was this very like initiation into also like client work because it's in your seventh house too. So that's pretty cool. Right. Indeed. Less of the stage and more one-on-one. Yeah. 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 Because you have a Scorpio, fifth house Scorpio stellium. So of course you were just like, I'm a musician. Like I'm an artist. This is, this is me. But Saturn was, had some other plans for you, I guess. Yeah. Well, so I still, I see them both as the same practice, you know, mm-hmm. like, so I, I see like the way that I play music and the way that I approach music, it's very much about like rhythmic cycles of timing. And so uh, showing up on time and showing up like, you know, this is very important to the way that it operates. And so then when I think about the way that I approach astrology, it's very much like, you know, like the way that I talk about it all the time is like you ride the beat. Like if you know where things are about to be in that moment, then you know where to put your booty when it's time to put your booty there. And so, you know, in doing that, you know, you can like get in the groove a little bit rather than sort of like fighting against things. Love it. Awesome. And in your practice, you do a lot of dailies um, and then also magic stuff too, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I write dailies on Instagram and I illustrate them with um, street art that I found around New York City. Um, and so, uh, and I do that. That's, that's sort of like, I treat it like electional for the day. Like what is today good for? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, um, and so I, so I do that and I do a weekly forecast on Instagram as well. Um, but then, yeah, so, you know, and I, I sort of see this as being like this fifth house Scorpio situation as well. Uh, you know, Mercury conjunct Pluto there in, uh, the fifth house. It's, it, you know, things got occult pretty quickly. As soon as I realized that, um, astrology was good magic to know stuff by, I was like, cool, but how do you do stuff? And so, um, so I like went down that path. And so, uh, so I, at this point, I sort of use astrology to time the, the magic that I want to do. Awesome. Okay. And, and so in regards to like how we all know each other, I kind of already said, Palace and I, we met at Norwalk last year. I don't, did we, were, did we have any sort of <laughs> conversations before then, like on Twitter? I don't think so. No, because I wasn't really on Twitter. Like I only really joined Twitter uh, after Norwalk last year. And then really once like COVID became a thing, I was right. like, oh, this is the only way I'm going to talk to my friends. So <laughs> yes. yeah, but it was, I don't know. It's even more special now to have had 
IRL introductions to people, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember I was putting this together and it was like me, you, Diana and Kip, I think Mm -hmm. we were like walking to the restaurant. Yeah. 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 I specifically remember talking to you about our Saturn in the 12th. We Saturn's in the 12th. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That was, that was a, a fond memory of mine from Norwalk. And I just remember like obsessing over the fact that your name was Palace. And I was like, where's Palace in your chart? And you're like, it's not, it's, it's not that important in my chart. <laughs> it's really not. It's really not. Saturn, Saturn is much more prominent and yeah. important in my chart for sure. I was excited because I have Palace in my Scorpio stellium. So I, I love like, that. I love Palace. Um, and then Zamboni and I met through Facebook, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, shouts to Tishal, who uh, put a who put a thread on Facebook about like which country is which zodiac sign. Um, oh, was that it? I don't even remember. Yeah, I remember distinctly because I said uh, something about the United States being closeted and therefore seeing some Capricorn things go on, and uh, Tishal shut that shit down immediately. <laughs> um, but you were on that comment thread. And I was like, wait a minute, you live in Brooklyn and you're black? What? And so, so I looked you up. And <laughs> yeah, I remember you were like, yeah, you were surprised that I was a black astrologer who like lived in Brooklyn. I think it, you also saw that I was like either friends with Chris Brennan or like followed him or right, some right. shit. Um, and yeah, and then you DM'd me and then started coming to my Deep Seekers meetup. So I used to do these um, monthly meetups in Brooklyn just for astrology enthusiasts. And we met at that and we just became friends really easily. Scorpio siblings. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Okay, cool. So, and and you guys haven't met at all, right? Mm, No, first time. Awesome. Cool. I love that. Already a fan. Yay. (laughs) Bringing my friends together. Yeah. I mean, we all have that, like, we all have some Scorpio in common um so that's always great i mean you know scorpio scorpio placements yeah (laughs) scorpio placements always have my heart um okay well let's start talking about saturn no no (laughs) no okay never mind (laughs) goodbye (laughs) um okay so general significations of saturn um like when I think of Saturn, no, that's that's what that was. Nation <laughs> of things, denial, denial. Yeah, um, yeah. So Saturn is a no. Um, Saturn. When I think of Saturn, I think of well, I guess to like make it very broad. The first two things that I always like pull up in my mind or talk to people about is one. Saturn is the farthest planet that we can see with the naked eye. I know we can sometimes see Uranus. I'm still not counting it. Um, (laughs) Saturn is the farthest planet and therefore represents this sort of like boundary of what is real, um, limits. um, And then also I think of the fact that Saturn is this, this gas giant that is surrounded by these like bands, these rings of rocks and I also really think of that as like this limiting sort of like, you know, it literally has a boundary around it as a planet. Um, and, you know, I, I like to bring up that that imagery when talking about Saturn and its symbol, symbolism, 
its significations um, because it speaks to it so well to me. Like it's about, you know, limiting, limiting your focus and really like focusing in on something, creating structure, boundary, um, limitation, which can be detrimental to some, but also, you know, a really great thing for others. Um, yeah. Palace, what are your thoughts on general significations for Saturn? I like the astronomy of it too. And I like how, um, I mean, people who are sort of raised in more modern astrology, like once they sort of understand that for thousands of years for humans, Saturn was the limit of the solar system, right? And how that's our, it's sort of, it moves, it moves both slow and fast enough for us to notice and be able to sort of comprehend in a human way. I think that that's one of the, like the Saturn cycle is just like fascinating, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's endlessly fascinating to be able to break up our lives in seven year increments and sort of be able to watch it. Like we can really watch our transformation as humans as uh, yeah, through the Saturn cycle kind of contains everything, right? Like every single other cycle of the planets can kind of be contained within the Saturn cycle. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. The seven, the seven year cycle and then even like the two and a half, three year cycle too within that as Saturn moves through a sign. Um, Saturn transits are just so profound to me and you really get like this, this just two, three year period of time where you can just focus in on this certain part of your life. Um, yeah. I love that. Thank you for that. Zamboni. general significations of Saturn? Yeah, so um, when I think about Saturn, um, so the the distance is important, right? So uh, that that means that Saturn moves slower than everyone else does. Um, And so if you look at some of the images of uh, Saturn's children, um, then Saturn will be like uh, somebody who's got a bum leg or um, who like has had has is maybe bound to something maybe has a ball and chain or something like that you know uh maybe is old right and so they just like knees don't work too good no more and so like takes a little while to to get around and so um you know whenever i think about saturn then like um you know time is very important the way that time operates and sort of the you know uh, consequences are a really big deal for saturn and so a lot of people think about consequences as being like sort of punishment crime and punishment after the fact right but then um, but consequences is just the thing that happens afterward, right? And so you can get significations around like credit where credit is due with Saturn as well, you know? And so there's, um, you know, but it's, but there's, but either way, there's like a delay. There's some, there's something in between, there's a long period of time in between the the thing and the the consequence, whatever that is. And so the timing piece is really, that's one of the things that I always talk about whenever Saturn's important in somebody's chart, you know, Saturn is like, in or ruling the seventh house and they're like why haven't i found a lover yet you know it's Mm -hmm. like well this is this is happening on a saturn time scale you know so like you know you are you're 21 like give it a minute (laughs) (laughs) saturn uh, square (laughs) right exactly exactly so so yeah i um uh, so the, the timing component is also is very important to me as far as saturn is concerned also one thing that i really liked um, I was I was listening to Rick Levine one time, and he was talking about the glyph of Saturn being like an ST, um, mm. and and so, sort of being able to see the Saturn 
in the in the language you know if so if we ever talk about stop or stasis or um rest or you know it's mm -hmm. like there's there's all these you know sts that show up all the time if we talk about structures or you know like all these kinds of things that are that are really important saturn significations and so um i just love to look at those you know throughout throughout the the language I'm, they're that's, all over the place that's awesome i never heard that before but that's really cool um, yeah, stasis, stop even, um, is a very, very much a Saturn word. Um, yeah, stillness. stillness. Yeah. The STs. Wow. That's my initials too. So I'm into it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, everything you guys have brought up totally rings true. I think definitely with time, my favorite phrase ever is timing is everything. Um, and I think having such Saturn is the most dignified and well-placed planet in my chart, um, which, you know, doesn't really come off that, like, I don't think people think of me as a Saturnian person at all, um, but it's in the 12th house and it kind of operates in the background. And we'll talk about it more when we talk about Saturn and Aquarius, but um, I kind of look at my super dignified Saturn as this sort of acceptance of time and like the natural sort of flow of time. And I feel very, I, I feel like I'm, I'm very respectful of time in that sense. Um, but also, yeah, I just, I, I feel like I have just a very natural um, understanding of how, of how time works and how it's structured. Obviously astrology helps with that a shit ton. Um, and I think that's another reason why astrology is very Saturnian in that way. Like it's definitely a mercurial art. Um, but I think when we're talking about the study of time, which astrology is in a lot of ways, um, it is a very Saturnian, a Saturnian thing. Um, I really like that idea. You know, one of, one of my favorite things about astrology is that um, if I continue in this practice, then I will only be a better and better and better astrologer. You know, in 70 years time, I will be a better astrologer than I am now, right? Mm -hmm. This isn't gymnastics, you know, where you sort of like peak at a certain age and then like you got to find something else to do, you know? Right. So the, this very much speaks to the old folks uh, have an advantage here. And mm -hmm. um, Saturn really speaks to that. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about that too. Like Saturn, I really like the... Um, like the elder archetype when working with Saturn, right? Mm -hmm. And actually this sort of relates, Kira, because when we, when we met at Norwalk, I remember telling you something that Rob Hand had told to me at Norwalk the previous year, um, because he also has Saturn in the 12th. And we, so I like went up to him after the lecture at like the Norwalk bar, like so nervous, right? And he said this beautiful thing about how um, Saturn in the 12th is sort of like a, like a boon to enlightenment. Um, and so like when faced with 12th house issues, people with Saturn in the 12th kind of don't crumble, like we don't disintegrate in the same way that some mm. other people do. And just like, having Robert Hand like pass me that nugget <laughs> of wisdom while I'm this like, you know, I still consider myself like a baby astrologer, even though I've been studying for like a long time. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think we all are in some way. And so, yeah, just that elder archetype and that uh, respect of knowledge and that awareness of time. I think that all blends in really beautifully. Uh, yes. I love that. <clears throat> yeah. And wow. 
Yeah, Saturn having its joy in the 12th. And I love that with, you know, having sort of just being able, I, I look at it for me, especially as like, you know, I always kind of, I can keep it together. Like even when I'm totally fallen, falling apart, um, I never completely fall apart. Like I've never hit in a sort of rock bottom, even when it comes to like drugs, you know, or alcohol, like I can self-destruct like any other person, but you know, like even if when I was younger in my early twenties, like, you know, drinking too much, I will always find the bathroom to puke in. You know what I mean? It's like, I'll always find a trash can to puke in. I will, I've never blacked out from drinking because my body just like will puke it up. Like I, I don't, I'm sorry for anyone like trigger warning for people who are like afraid of puke, but <laughs> um, things like that, or even, you know, it, it becomes an issue when I'm on psychedelics and I can't let go. Like that's, that's mm. a major thing for me um, with Saturn in the 12th. It's like just having a really hard time, like fully releasing um, and I've talked to Jason Holly about that actually last year or this year during Norwalk. He gave this talk about um, the 12th house as altered site and um, talked about the blind prophet. And afterwards, it was actually the day of my Saturn return when this happened, um, that my second, my second Saturn return. And I talked to him afterwards and brought that up about like not being able to let go because he also has Saturn um, in the 12th um, not whole sign, but whatever. And uh, yeah, I don't know that that really spoke to me and his, his whole sort of like um, his advice to me with that was just to kind of keep, like keep bringing yourself back to where you're at. Like it's just like having to constant, like, which is very Saturnian, like having to just constantly practice, like bringing yourself back, bringing yourself back. Um, yeah, how how difficult it is to just like be in the twelfth house and totally allow yourself to to like dissolve, you know? Like that's it's hard. It's hard with Saturn there, but it also I, I've been saying I have like quarantine privilege with Saturn in the twelfth <laughs> because I'm very like okay. Like I've been very okay with being alone, and it's not you know. It's not, I don't love being alone all the time, but um, I think I'm probably doing better than other people. <laughs> yeah, definitely. One of the only times in recent history that 12th post placements have been able to shine. Yeah. <laughs> Surprisingly enough. Um, so, yeah, what about you guys' Saturn placements? Like how... How do you feel like it shows up in your life? Um, Palace, let's start with you since you also have Saturn in the 12th. Yeah, so my Saturn's in the 12th. Uh, it's in Scorpio. So it's ruled by Mars uh, in the 9th, which is a whole part of it. That, and it's like an applying overcoming square. It's pretty intense. Uh, but I was born, I'm a day chart, and I was born Saturn day and Saturn hour. So wow. I kind of have that going for me too. And then... Uh, Venus is in a separating trine from my eighth house cancer, which I think brings me a lot of love for Saturn and Saturn types, even if that Saturn Pluto south node 84, 85 business is not very kind in a lot of ways. Mm. Yeah. 
Wow. So we both have Mars in the ninth. And oh, Venus in okay. The cool. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I love it. I love it. Awesome. And yeah, Zamboni, how about you? Uh, I have, it's funny. Uh, so I was born on uh, Tuesday night um, in the hour of Saturn. So, so I was born on Saturn night and uh, in the hour of Saturn. And, um, but yeah, so um, I have Saturn in Capricorn at, at zero degrees of Capricorn in the seventh. Um, it is, uh, you know, it's, a, it's lonely out here. uh it is also uh so i have mars and aries um at two degrees and so they're they're closely squared to each other so uh saturn and capricorn square mars and aries um we're living that right now um and really this is this is again sort of like been like this is kind of a privileged uh chart to have in in this moment like you know, like I know how to handle a Saturn, Mars in Capricorn and Aries. Like that's what I do. I live this, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, it's not fun necessarily. Right. But um, Saturn and Mars aren't fun. It's about getting shit done. It's about, you know, solving problems and all that sort of stuff. Right. So, um, so yeah, you know, and I, so yeah, this is, you know, I've been doing uh, Saturn return for the last three years or whatever. Um, and it's been, you know, it's, a, it's, it's a, it's a long trench. <laughs> you know, and I, I then have the moon at zero degrees of Aquarius also. And so like finishing that, finishing Saturn and Capricorn, and then it's just like Saturn on the moon after that. I don't think I'll ever finish a Saturn transit. You know what I mean? Like, I'll just, here I am, you know. It might be Saturn. okay in Pisces. Saturn and Pisces, it's going to be like a little relief for you for a bit. Indeed. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see if I, we'll see how, how far the, I make it. I, don't <laughs> I just time. went through that. I just went through that uh, opening Saturn sextile, like past the return. So because it's at 22, the Saturn-Pluto conjunction was actually within minutes of the opening Mm. sextile. And I must say, past the opening sextile, me and Saturn are like, yeah, kind of we got this after many, 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 many rough years. (laughs) Look forward to that Saturn in Pisces, I think, for sure. All right, cool. Yeah, 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 it'll be in your mind. Yeah, but it'll it'll be like, you know, trining your ascended, it will trine your Scorpio stellium, and it'll sure. be an aversion to the the natal square, or not aversion, but it'll it'll sextile your um your Saturn. I think that's gonna be good for you. I don't know. Saturn in the ninth was when astrology came to me, so I'm very fond of Saturn ninth house transits, and I think it'll be it'll be good for you in in Pisces. Um, but yeah, I mean, Saturn and, and Jupiter getting out of your seventh, like for a lot of cancer risings, um, with Saturn in the seventh client wise, I've been saying like, you know, Saturn and Jupiter have been in here sort of like the contractor and the designer, like redoing your house. And you've been undergoing like major renovations in this part of your chart in this part of your life for the past almost three years. So like when they leave, it's finally like, okay, you can like go back into your house and like do shit in there again. Um, and so I'm hopeful for you cancer risings and like finding someone after, after the renovations are finished. <laughs> I'm hopeful. We shall see. One yeah. time I, uh, I got a reading from, I won't, I won't say, but I, <laughs> I got a reading <laughs> from, a, from an astrologer who I really look up to. 
and he was like, yeah, it's probably going to be like, you know, after Saturn and Aries, like once Saturn gets into Taurus, that's when like, you're going to be doing all right. I was like, great. Okay. Never. <laughs> I don't know. I think that, I think that sucks how might might help. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, you know fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Exactly. Um, well, and you said ahead. your moon is at, this is turning into a reading. You, your moon is at zero degrees Aquarius. It is. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole, there's a whole lot of, like Jupiter and Saturn being right there. It feels mm-hmm. like a whole new world after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It was a, it was a real, it was a real doozy this year and it was an Aquarius perfection also, you know, Damn. and I'm also told that once I get past the Aquarius perfection, because it's two years of Saturn perfections, right? It's mm-hmm. Capricorn and the Aquarius perfection. And so, you know, and one of the core Saturn significations um, is it feels like it will never end. That's one of the yeah. things. Whenever I talk to people about Saturn transit, I always mention that, and it always resonates. Everybody's like, "All right, this is my life now." Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, es- especially fixed Saturns. Like, mm-hmm. I speak from experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember that's when I discovered astrology, or this astrology discovered me during Saturn and Scorpio, and I just remember like looking at. Like, that's when I realized, okay, once Saturn's out of Scorpio, like, this pain won't be so bad. <laughs> and I just remember, like, understanding that and just, like, counting down the months or the years or whatever. And Because it, it did retrograde back into Scorpio for a bit at the end of that transit. And then there was a Mars retrograde on top of it. It was so, that was so shitty. <laughs> Yeah, I have a I have a cascade of planets all like ten degrees apart between the beginning of Scorpio and the beginning of Capricorn, mm. and so it caught every single retrograde between Scorpio and Sag, oh including the one over my ascendant, Ouch. which is the one you're talking about. Yeah, that was like a Mars retrograde in Libra. It was, was in Scor- oh, it was in it was in Sag. It's stationed in Sag on top of Antares, retrograded right. back, stationed oh, on top yeah, yeah, of yeah, Saturn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, that was that was in my solar return chart. Oh my god! Yeah, actually, I had the sun. I had a sun Saturn Kazemi um, on my solar return for my twenty third year. So I was in a twelfth house Saturn year with Saturn Sun Kazemi on my birthday in the twelfth house of my solar return chart, and I literally was just I was living in a room with no windows. Um, so it was the whole apartment didn't have windows except my roommate's rooms. So it was just like this dark, gross little apartment. I was so fucking depressed. I didn't have a job for like seven months. I was just like selling weed, like <laughs> hanging out with people. That's the thing. Saturn rules my 11th too. So it was like also very social, but also very isolating at the same time. It was a, a wild time in my life, but you know, it made me who I am today. It, it, it allows me to be able to counsel 23 year olds. Um, totally. So that helps. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a, and I guess we'll get more into this when we get into the Saturn placements, but there is a kind of like isolating quality to Saturn transits for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, yeah, that kind of necessity of self-reliance that isolation often demands of you and especially like psychological self-reliance and like mm-hmm. the ability to regulate that's just like such a huge Saturn uh transit topic especially definitely mm-hmm. yeah Big time. one way that I delineate that a lot of times for people is um Saturn 
Saturn transits always, uh, you know, being associated with age and elders and stuff, Saturn transits will, will coincide with coming of age moments. Mm. And um, so then, you know, all right, great, you're a grown up now. So here's a bunch of problems and you just got to deal with that shit like an adult. Just do it. You know, mm-hmm. this, is, this is up to you. Don't ask anybody for help. This is like your job. Do it. Right. It's very, reminds me of like the, the reparenting aspect of the Saturn return, especially. Um, and it's cool because you get the, the progressed lunar return right before a Saturn return. So you start it with like finding, f- taking care of yourself, like nurturing wise, like how do you feed your body? How do you, you know, develops a sort of self-care regimen that like for me, I kind of think of it as everything that you need, but you didn't get from your parents or from your caretakers um, as a kid, like you become very aware of those things during between, I think 27 and 30. um, And you can start to figure out how to provide those things for yourself because you, you know, you can't, at that age, you just you can't rely on your your parents <laughs> or or anyone really to to take care of you. Um, and if you do, then you know you run into some problems. I think. But Saturn, the Saturn part comes in, and it's like figuring out how to structure your life in a way that's gonna you know take you through the next thirty years. Really. Um, all right, let's start talking about Saturn, Saturn and domicile. Um, so, so Saturn has its domicile in both Capricorn and Aquarius. Um, let's talk about Saturn and Capricorn. I mean, when I, what first comes to mind is, you know, this is Saturn in its nocturnal sign. Um, Capricorn is an Earth sign. It is, I mean, I guess in classical astrology would be considered feminine. Um, I look at it more as, you know, nocturnal, diurnal sort of thing, less than masculine, feminine. I, I kind of am playing with calling it like its expression um, instead of its gender. So its expression is like a nocturnal, um, more, it's a very dense sign, Capricorn, you know, it's, it's, it's earth. And you know, it's Saturnian Earth. <laughs> it, sounds, it feels really dense and heavy to me. Um, and yeah, Saturn and Capricorn, like we're in it. We've been in it for the past, since December, December 2017, we've, we've had Saturn and Capricorn. Um, and I think of Saturn and Capricorn as like first word structure um, and, and traditions and like the structure of like what is what already what what we already have um what are you, what are some things that come to mind for you guys and whoever wants to speak up first can speak up well we ha- we have a saturn and capricorn native here so i'll just say like <laughs> a couple little things um we have like the overlay of the uh like old goat mountain like archetypes, if we can call this archetypes, which I really love. Um, old old goat mountain, you said. Oh, mountain. Yeah, goat. right. Like about like an old mountain uh, goat, like beer. climb in the mountain, right? Yeah, I I just like I love this for Saturn and Capricorn. Um, I think of Saturn and Capricorn as like the more severe expression. I think what I've seen through the returns is um, severe in a in a in like a. A beautiful, like austere way, right? Like severity is necessity. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of like the natives have 
they've lived with a lot of limits on themselves for their entire lives, right? And it's mm -hmm. been a joy as an astrologer to watch the Saturn and Capricorn cohort like recognize which of those limits they actually don't need, right? Because mm -hmm. they like can't possibly hold everything together all the time. Like some <laughs> of it needs to give a little. So yeah, it's been, I really like this generation and sort of their place in the collective struggle is really astounding. Mm -hmm. Especially, I mean, we can talk about this or not, but, you know, this Saturn and Capricorn cohort that are in, you know, have just turned 30, um, they all also have Uranus and Neptune in Capricorn. Um, some of them have Saturn conjunct one of those planets too. So yeah, they're, it's, it's so special. Like our Saturn and Cap friends, yes, I'm talking about you, Zamboni, um, and how it's it's a different type of Saturn and Capricorn for sure. It's it's a supremely magical Saturn and Capricorn. Um, but I'm I'm curious to hear what you have to say, Zamboni. Yeah, well, so Saturn is really um, Saturn's big on walls, right? Saturn's big on uh, you know boundaries as well as structures, and walls uh, provide both of these functions. Um, but you know, Saturn and Capricorn this time around. Um, you know, the natives have Uranus there and they have um, Neptune there as well. And so Neptune is not trying to hear about some walls. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, gonna, it's very much the dissolution of boundaries and, and things like that. Uranus also um, is not the one who is, who is going to be like walled in in some kind of way. You know, you're, you don't get to tell Uranus what to do. Uranus is going to do whatever feels right. Now, what's interesting, I think, about um, Uranus in Capricorn is, um, you had mentioned tradition, and tradition is one of my favorite words to talk about Capricorn with, right? And so um, part of what we see going on here with, um, with this iteration of Saturn and Capricorn uh, coming of age is that um, like um, making old ideas new again, or like mm -hmm. a return to older ideas, like the you know, the, this idea that like, um, I don't know, I've been thinking a lot of, about the difference between convention and tradition recently. And so mm -hmm. like where we are right now is like kind of, um, you know, it's, it's conventional. We're sort of like doing the same thing, uh, you know, since the industrial revolution or whatever, you know, like whatever, whenever you want to date it. But like we've been doing this thing and um, then realizing that there are ideas that are older than that and that we could do different things and then sort of using that to... Uh, break down the the structures and institutions that um, Saturn and Capricorn represents. Wow. Yes. Love it. <laughs> I think about it a lot in, in regards to like our little community, the astrology community, and how there seems to be, you know, with millennials in particular, this, um, you know, we love traditional astrology. Like, this sort of like call back to the tradition. And um, I guess it was in the early 90s, but I guess it started before then that the Project Hindsight, um, I wonder if that was kind of happening off, like around Saturn and Capricorn. Because I, I feel like it was like late 80, 80s, early 90s when they, maybe they didn't start around them, but I think they were doing a lot of work. I, I have to fact check that. Um, but yeah, this is like this, you know, reemergence of of the tradition. Um, and we're like, you know, discovering all these old texts and 
and um, translating them for, and, and it's like us, you know, especially millennials who, you know, I would say Chris Brennan had a huge part in this. Um, Chris Brennan raised us. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Who's also a Saturn and a Saturn, Saturn and Scorpio millennial um, who really, yeah, like brought, brought this. I mean, he's not the one who brought it to the community, but he brought it to the community and in, in, in regard and in, in a popular, you know, in his podcast. Um, I certainly don't think I would have gone down the rabbit hole of traditional astrology without the astrology podcast um, and yeah, he's also a Saturnian, <laughs> a Saturn world person as well. But yeah, I, I love that what you said about, um, Saturn and Capricorn and yeah, this like reemergence of the old, um, yeah. There's I something guess. too, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. There's something too about that Uranus and Neptune and like how beautifully you spoke about that there as that whole generation having like a dissatisfaction right? Sort of like a dissatisfaction at the things that have been given. And so the sort of like uh, dissatisfaction with how like astrology has been done, was done in the 20th century, right? To be then sort of rediscovered. There's like a, uh, yeah, I mean, it's radical in its own way, right? Mm -hmm. Even though it's sort of a return to, to tradition, it's also like a reclamation of it. Totally. Yeah. Well, these folks um, with Saturn and Capricorn this time around, they also have um, or we also have uh, Pluto and Scorpio. And so I feel like there's this, with, with Pluto and Scorpio at the same time, you know, making the sextile aspect, they like work together. These are the two darkest of the signs, right? And so they, there's something um, like uh, hidden or occult that can go on here. And so I feel like one of the things that we can see with this is uh, like Pluto and Scorpio, it's like you tell Pluto and Scorpio that what you think, what you've been told about reality, like the rules of reality, um, you, you tell Pluto and Scorpio that that's not actually real. And they're like, Hmm, tell me more, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> let's dig into this. Let's go as deep as we can. You know? I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I wrote blog posts about all of the Saturn signs within the Pluto and Scorpio generation and with Saturn and Capricorn, I called them, um, or you guys, I, I called Saturn and Capricorn the architects of the new world. Um, because I really do think of, Saturn and Capricorn as being, yeah, like an architect, like someone that can really has like a very innate understanding of structure um, and what it takes to build something that lasts. Um, and yeah, with Saturn and Capricorn folks and their Saturn returns, that was another major point I would always bring up is that, you know, Saturn and Capricorn wants to build something that like they want to leave a legacy of some sort. And it's not like, you know, all of them are trying to become, you know, world famous and have that be their legacy. But there's this, there's a sense of just like really wanting to build something um, of enduring something that will endure something, you know, I think of like a statue that lasts that's up for like, you know, hundreds, hundreds, thousands of years. Um, yeah, something that I think I think of it being like structures that's just, that can be helpful for society um, because Saturn also has that rulership over Aquarius too. Um, but something that lasts, something that's gonna that's gonna you know survive survive the the challenges of <laughs> being on this on this planet. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts about Saturn and Cap? 
cool. Let's talk about Saturn and Aquarius. My sign. <laughs> I just I just fact checked and Project Hindsight was started in 1993, which of course, depending on the month that it was, you know, inaugurated oh, was uh, Saturn and Aquarius and then like a brief entrance into Pisces, but then mostly okay. Saturn, Saturn and Aquarius. Okay, cool. Yeah, I knew it was like early 90s, but what's that? So we're going into a Saturn return. Yes. Ooh, oh, wow. Nice. Wow. Oh, God. I just, <laughs> all these things in my head just pinged. I'm like, I need to do an episode on Project Hindsight then. Um, yes. Oh, please do. Yes. That's, that's on my list. Okay. In my, in my brain list. Um, and good thing it's recorded, so I'm not going to forget it because I'm Mercury and Sag. We'll probably forget it. <laughs> so um, Saturn and Aquarius. Yeah. So now we're talking about Saturn and its diurnal domicile, um, which is happier for Saturn because Saturn is a diurnal planet. It's, it's part of the day sect. So um, I personally believe, I think other people will probably agree with this, that Saturn will prefer, it's its preferred domicile. Um, and yeah, I mean, Aquarius is an air sign. It is a fixed air sign. So it's not like it's, there's a ton of movement, but it's at least lighter. Um, you know, it's more buoyant than a super dense, heavy uh, Saturn and Capricorn and, and an Earth sign. So Saturn and Aquarius, um, when I think of Saturn and Aquarius, the first thing that comes to mind is um, an understanding of societal systems. With Capricorn, I think of structure. With Aquarius, I think of systems. Um, and my whole like spiel, that's such a weird way, to, such a weird word to say. My spiel about Aquarius, um, and I think this ties in really well with Saturn and Aquarius, is that Aquarius has um, this, this intimate connection with marginality. And I kind of think of it as like, you know, if you're picturing like a circle, Aquarius will tend to be, oh, actually, let me, let me put it this way. Um, and I got this from Austin Kopic. So, you know, when we're thinking about Saturn as the ruler of both Aquarius and Capricorn, um, you can think of Saturn as the wall. And everything inside of the wall is Capricorn. So that's like the established structures, the established norms. Um, and then everything outside of the wall is Aquarius. Um, and I kind of think of it as either Aquarius, either on the outside of the wall looking in or just like pressed up against the wall. Either way, when you're on the margins, you have a much better perspective of what's happening inside on, on all directions. So you, you can think about yourself pressed up against the outside of a circle. You can see what's happening in the middle of the circle, on the other end of the circle, all around. Um, as opposed to, you know, if you're just, if you're in the middle, you might not be able to see, you know, what's happening behind you or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I think of Aquarius as having, you know, the marginality factor allows you to one, have more perspective. Um, so you can gain like a wider, more pulled back perspective as to what's happening within the system. Um, and then with that perspective, you can see how things, how the system is benefiting, who the system is benefiting and who it isn't benefiting, um, who is, you know, being left out. You know what? Who's being covered and who's not being covered, basically. Um, and then I also think of Aquarius as this. You know, if it's not on the outside, 
you know, the margins, then it's pulled back all the way up, you know, in the sky, like sitting, sitting in the atmosphere, which again, an Austin Coppic thing, um, fixed air, you can think of the atmosphere and how, you know, with that perspective, top down, you know, bird's eye view, um, you're able to see things maybe without being, there's the detached aspect of it. You're not in the mix. So your emotions aren't getting all caught up in what's going on, but you can see things from this perspective that allows you to, you know, again, see how the system is working, who it's benefiting, who it's not. And then, you know, with Aquarius, we're talking about um, upgrading or making things more equitable. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I think about with Aquarius. And I think Saturn and Aquarius is very in tune with all of that and really just like wants to better systems. Like, I think that's going to be a really big part of us Saturn and Aquarius crew. One, like how, where do we fit in within the system? And then how can we change the system from within? Um, Palace, thoughts, Saturn and Aquarius. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited to watch you all go through your <laughs> I'm like so stoked. I mean, already there's just like, we just had a couple months and like see what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's just, it's going to be beautiful. Um, yeah, Saturn and Aquarius, like where I think of Saturn and Capricorn as um, a bit more like structurally coherent. I think of Saturn and Aquarius as like, uh, at least like the natives all seem to have their kind of, it's like authority, but by their own standards. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think the ret- when I'm seeing, I'm seeing the returns happen and it seems to be a lot of like less about recognizing one's own authority, uh, which was a lot of Saturn and Capricorn and most Saturn returns. And it seems to be more of like getting recognized for your own authority, like, because Mm -hmm. it seems sort of like abstract or weird previously, partially because of what you're saying about the sort of like detachment kind of outsider, like ability perspective, right? Mm -hmm. Perspective is not something that's just common sense in the culture at this point, right? The one we're speaking in. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think there's a, mm -hmm. and Aquarius also has that like collective so as much as it's like this outsider there's also this identification with the collective Mm -hmm. and so this I see the returns and so the next couple years um yeah we'll see a lot of a lot of those ideas coming together and those like yeah radical ideas gaining some actual traction hopefully yeah there's also traction that's very true I love that I never thought of that Saturn is traction um Zamboni thoughts so um, I, I really like what you guys, what y'all are talking about, about, um, about like perspective and, you know, if we, if we think atmospheric thoughts, then there's, there's a kind of container that's going on here, um, which feels like, uh, like it's unifying and whole. Um, so I don't, I don't think that Saturn and Aquarius, so Saturn and Aquarius, um, I feel like y'all have been sort of uh, like real, like, yes, Saturn and Aquarius, you know? There, and it's, it is like it's a diurnal location and, you know, Saturn is on the day team and, and all this sort of stuff. Um, but Saturn is still Saturn and stat, Saturn, I feel like, is, is still going to uh, represent like authorities and institutions and, uh, you know, the s- systems, right? Um, that mm-hmm. was your word. Um, and so like uh, the system or the man or whatever, right, is, is going. So I don't, you know when we think about better systems, I think what is likely to happen is more efficient systems. 
and then we can evaluate whether they are good or bad systems, right? Mm -hmm. But um, but you know, systems that achieve their goals um, quickly and efficiently, I think that we'll we'll see a fair amount of that, you know. Um, and that's not always things we like. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so, and Saturn being malefic, right? Saturn is that's that's Saturn's job. Saturn's job is to bring you stuff that you don't like a lot of times. Saturn, um, you know, brings the challenges and the difficulties. And um, and I feel like, um, you know, in, so in this moment where so uh, not just Pro- Project Hindsight, but um, the internet is also having mm-hmm. a Saturn return, right? And so with this sort of, and, and th- this makes all the sense with Aquarius and this sort of like container of ideas um, that sort of unites all the people, right? Um, so we can see that as being important, but then, um, you know, there, I think through that, there are, there's so much potential for drawbacks, you know, in the 1984 style technocracy um, that I think that Saturn in Aquarius would be happy to support. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, especially like you said, with the Saturn return of the internet, um, I believe it's also like a 93, 1993, maybe, I believe. <laughs> the first, I, it's weird because when you, when you go to look it up, it's, you get a lot of different information, but I think it had to do with like the first email being sent or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, that makes me think, you know, these things like the internet, like Project Hindsight or started back in the Saturn and Aquarius, like what is beginning with this new transit of Saturn in Aquarius, especially because it's going to start off. I mean, we did have a preview period this year, but it's really being kicked off with this conjunction to Jupiter and the beginning of this new era and air signs, the Saturn-Jupiter conjunctions happening in air signs. And again, this isn't the first one, but it's really like the beginning of not going back <laughs> to Earth. Um, so yeah, that that makes me think a lot. Like, what what's what are the new systems that are going to be in place? Um, but yeah, I think you're totally right. And and with Saturn and Aquarius, it's very much about like solidifying systems. I think, and especially you know societal s- systems. You know, it's it's I I don't know. I I think about like well, I mean, I guess. To state the obvious, when Saturn entered Aquarius this year, um, March 22nd, um, and the days leading up to that was when the phrase social distancing kind of like came up. And it's like, you can't get more on the nose than uh-huh. social distancing, Saturn being distancing and social being in Aquarius. Um, yeah, and, you know, curious if we're going to have another lockdown or something like that um, come, you know, December January when Saturn when Saturn's re-entering Aquarius um but yeah I mean when just bringing I guess bringing it away from our current moment um I think Saturn in Aquarius is is very much about like like I said our social systems and also I think like I, I I think of a lot of like you know groups and like where you belong um, and so something that kind of came up to me, I guess, bring it back to the current moment when all of this started was like our, our reliance on community, I think became very apparent in how, um, you know, we can't trust, we can't rely on the government anymore in a lot of ways. Like, um, 
especially yeah when the when the virus was really bad i mean it's still really bad but at the beginning of it um and then in may june when we had these protests all across the country and in the world and how things like mutual aid and community bail funds and things like that required um people to be involved in a community um that really struck me like I can see into the future, even with like Pluto and Aquarius, a lot more communal living and community, you know, people being way more involved and feeling like they, they have to be attached to some sort of community um, and not have to in terms of like, I mean, it is a survival thing, but I think that that's, people are just going to feel more and more drawn to that, like community involvement, community projects. Um, because that's where we're getting our support, which is another Saturn thing. Like we're getting our support from each other, from community, not necessarily from government. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's lovely. Let's talk about Saturn and Libra. Um, so, so we just we just covered Saturn and its domiciles, both Capricorn and Aquarius. Um, Saturn and Libra is ex- is its exalted placement. So um, exaltation, you know, it means being raised up, giving honors. Um, I like to think of it as just like the perfect environment for that planet to, you know, accomplish what it wants to accomplish without being pushed to extremes. Um, in domicile, it can, it can go to excess often. And then in detriment, it can obviously be detrimented and have a harder time um, yeah, like expressing itself in its in the way it wants to, but in exaltation, um, it's kind of given that like perfect temperate environment to just do what it what it wants to do. Um, so with Saturn in Libra, again we get this diurnal, yeah, diurnal Libra's diurnal, yeah, diurnal um, diurnal placement, diurnal sign expression, um, and it's an air sign. I think Saturn really likes that too, but it, it's all about like, when I think of Libra, you know, being ruled by Venus, it's about balance. It's about fairness and it's about justice and Saturn in Libra, um, can, can do Saturn things like establish, establish things for one, um, build things on, on level ground on equal, on equal footing. Um, and yeah, it just has the ability to do that, I think, in a more efficient, productive, and equitable way in Libra. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on Saturn and Libra? So when I think about Saturn and Libra, um, the, the Venus rulership matters a lot, right? So there's, the, you know, um, the, the relationship to another uh, is it, it's like sociable in a way that um, Saturn in Capricorn or Aquarius isn't like, you know, uh, we did say social in, in regards to um, Aquarius, but a, a lot of times when I think about Aquarius, it's like um, big P people, like all the people mm-hmm. and like, but like those particular motherfuckers, like, I don't know about them. You know what I mean? Do not like, fox. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Like I, like uh, I prefer, to be aloof a little bit like i don't really like y'all like i understand that humanity matters but like i love you but don't y'all. take it personally that that's my favorite Precisely. phrase <laughs> <laughs> right right <laughs> and so um but saturn in libra doesn't really uh suffer from that the same way so it's it's really um strongly connected to the other um saturn um 
rules the middle decan of Libra. And so I, I sort of like derive a lot of my significations from that, like thinking about Saturn being in this super extra special location, being in uh, exaltation and having decanic dignity. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a, it's a superpower a little bit, right? And so, and this is very much about um, promises kept you know, about, um, you know, this sort of gets back to the consequences and stuff, but it's about contracts. It's about contractual arrangements. You know, we can see uh, marriages showing up here. We can see any sort of business arrangement and that sort of stuff. Like, did you do the thing that you said you were going to do, you know? And so um, Saturn being really strong in this position does that sort of thing really well. Yeah, it's, it's exaltation degree, I believe. Is that 15 degrees Libra, which is right smack dab in the middle of that second decan, um, I like to call it the bondage decan. Nice. I have Libra. There. I mean, I have my Venus there too at, at 10 Libra. So <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. And just like you said, it being about like contractual agreements and um, things like marriage and like bonding. I call it the bondage second because it's about like bringing two things together in a very serious and like, you know, it's, it's more than just like a Venusian bond. Um, there's like, there's, I guess, like a contract to it. There's like an agreement, um, whether it's, you know, written or whatever. But um, yeah, I love that you said that. And I guess worth it to note real quick that the United States, um, its chart, I think any of the charts you'll look at um, has Saturn in Libra. I I believe it's at 15 or it's close to 15. Um, And so, yeah, the the U.S. as a nation has this really dignified Saturn. What what were you going to say, Zamboni? Is it at? Well, this is is very interesting. Um, You know, so so when we talk about Saturn and Libra as being this like great purveyor of justice and equality, but at the same time, right, law and order, exactly, right? So is it justice and equality or is it law and order? Like, you know, the sort of draconian utopia, like sort of, you know, makes everything just and equal by making everything same or something like this, right? Yeah, Um, what what is the phrase in the, I don't know if it's the... Uh, see, I don't pay attention to the United States. Uh, so, like, is it the Pledge of Allegiance? I don't know. But um, there's something, something, injustice for all, which feels so Saturn in Libra. Like, what is, how do, what yeah, thing but is that? Right, right, right. Yeah, liberty and <laughs> I'm justice Canadian. for all. Yes, liberty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> liberty but, and justice for all. Thank you. Yeah, this is in the, the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, Thank oh, you. I stopped saying you know, that when I was like, so which is very like, Saturn in Libra. Yes, Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, it's, statement. it's so draconian, right? Yeah. So that, yeah. Yeah. You know, like this this idea of justice for all, like, well, like, it, let's look at it. Does mm-hmm. it look like justice for all? I'm yes. sorry, Alice. I, I mean, oh, you no. You're, I love what you were both saying. Like, this is mm, mm, gorgeous. <laughs> um, yeah, just, yes, yeah, socially, Saturn and Libra, I think, is pretty terrifying, honestly. I mean, of course, like, we're living through like the 1981-82 Saturn and Libra generation, mm-hmm. um, which also had Jupiter for a bit and then where the conjunction happened and then also had Pluto, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the last of the Pluto and Libra generation. And I don't know, those those natives are 
the ones I've, I've dated a couple, <laughs> I must say. And uh, there's like, there's an elegance, but then also this like sternness. Yes. Right. That is, I mean, Saturn, Venus contacts, let alone like, you know, Venus and Capricorn, Saturn and Libra, they're like super mm-hmm. hot, basically. <laughs> um, my, just like my pithy Saturn and Libra thing is uh, like Maleficent, like from Ooh. Sleeping Beauty. Right. She's saying she like, you know, gets really mad because she's not invited to a party. Like, (laughs) and by mad, like curse everything. Yeah. Tear everything down. When I think of, I think of Saturn and Libra people, first person that always comes to mind is Pete Buttigieg, um, who calls himself, calls himself a millennial. He has Saturn and Libra. I mean, you know, (laughs) but, um, just a sense of someone that's, you know, he's very, very Saturnian. Um, and he has that Saturn, Jupiter, Pluto thing going on in Libra. But like, you know, very like in, in regards to the, the rest of the democratic field um, was pretty centrist. I don't think he's like a centrist in general, you know, compared to like the whole entire political sphere. But um, has this very like you know wanting to be the one that's like balanced and um yeah has this very like not too not too left not too right like in the middle sort of thing going on and he also was a veteran and or is a veteran um yeah i don't know he just has that very like saturn like exalted saturn vibe to me um yeah, so it's like, you know, it's exalted Saturn, which is like really good for Saturn, but Saturn is a malefic and, you know, who is it actually good for, you know? Um, so yeah, I think, I don't know. Do you guys have anything else to say about Saturn in Libra? No? Okay, cool. Let's let's flip it over then, talk about Saturn and fall and Aries. Ooh, I... <laughs> You know, okay, so thinking about Saturn in Aries and in its fallen position, um, it's opposite the sign of its exaltation. So, um, you know, when I think of a fallen planet, I think of something that is literally fallen or in a lower place. And when something is in a lower place, if you're on the ground or in a ditch, um, you know, it's hard to be noticed. It's hard to be seen and recognized. And there's almost this pushing oneself to an extreme in order to receive that recognition and that respect. Um, and when we're talking about Saturn being feeling disrespected, um, that can, that can be pretty volatile, you know, a, a, a malefic in a malefic sign <laughs> and having this feeling of disrespect and, you know, not to mention um, the Saturn and Aries folks. So we have like our, our lovely, amazing Sam Reynolds who has Saturn and Aries. Um, and then we have the oldest of Gen Z who also has Saturn and Aries. So I just love the fact that the oldest Gen Z folks have Saturn and Aries and it's Saturn on the South node. So the South node was also in Aries around this time. Um, gosh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> these folks, so I'm, I've been very, you know, the past couple of years, especially, especially being on Twitter, um, very fascinated with Gen Z and like the astrology of Gen Z, um, because 
you know, in comparison to millennials, millennials, Pluto and Scorpio, which I categorize as the millennial generation, um, half of that, so Pluto is in Scorpio for, for 12 years. For five and a half of those years, we had Saturn in domicile. So like the second half of millennials were just, we're, we're very Saturnian, right? And we, um, I think, have this respect for time. We had this, this respect for structures and changing things from the inside out. And then we get Saturn and Aries and they're just like, fuck all of that. Like, I don't have time <laughs> to figure shit out from the inside out. Like, the world is burning. You know what I mean? There's this urgency, um, this urgency to age, to, to grow up, to sort of like just have shit figured out. Um, I remember I tweeted once like Saturn and Aries, how do you feel about aging? And overwhelmingly the responses were like, I can't wait. Like I want to be old. <laughs> like they just want to be grown up already. And with my clients, I'm especially so tired of being called a baby. <laughs> yes, I'm so tired. So exactly. Tired. They don't want to be. They they're yeah. they're sick of being like the youngins. Um, and overwhelmingly, with clients, I see like this this generation of I don't want to call them kids, but people, folks. Um, they just can't work for people. Like, they cannot. They just cannot work under people. They need their own they need to make their own living because they like they just cannot fuck with authority whatsoever and it's so funny to see and the way they talk about it and they're I think a lot of them think like you know it's a waste of time you know which is very like Saturn and Aries like it's a waste of time I can just do this myself and yeah I don't know I'm gonna start rambling about them for a second and let you guys (laughs) talk about Saturn and Aries any thoughts I love, like, I have quite a few clients now, like, with Saturn and Aries, and I, I love them. I love yes. them so much. Those, like, yeah, like, uh, authority problems. Yes. <laughs> like, basically, it's just, like, there, it does not compute. Like, there's no calculation in which, yeah, exactly, working for other people makes sense. Um, I know the returns are far away, but, like, I've already been thinking about them and just related to Saturn and Libra, right? And I love this, like... These, this contract aspect of Saturn and Libra is like, and kept promises. Zamboni, you said mm. that. And I just like, love that. And Saturn and Aries is like, yeah, it's like, who are they responsible to, right? Like right. when we're born with Saturn and Aries, who do we, who have we made promises to? Do we even like, do we trust people enough in order to do that? Like from what I've seen, not really. Um, the returns, it seems, at least it, from what I can see it, it's a lot about like less or working with working for people and kind of learning how to do that in a really sort of like capitalist productivity narrative that we're there so far past, like the Gen Z, like they're just gone from mm-hmm. that narrative. Uh, but like learning to work together, right? Like bringing the Libra side into it. It really seems like, yeah, those kept promises. I love Yeah. That. Yeah. I feel like their Saturn returns are going to be a lot about like, realizing that timing is everything, you know, and that like, there's, there's like patience is a virtue. I'm sounding so Saturnian right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like my dignified Saturn. Um, Yeah, I think that's something I have to talk to my clients a lot about. Like, I know you want it right now. But like, you know, it's okay to be 24 and not have it figured figured out. Like, 
that you're putting that pressure on yourself because the rest of us in the world are not expecting you 24 year old to have shit figured out. Like it's a very internal thing. This like internal fire of just like wanting time to work for them. Um, and yeah, just, I think they have a really hard time with just the patience aspect of it. And then also, um, yeah, the, the like working from the inside, like, you know, changing things from the inside. They're just like, that's going to take too long. Burn it. Samboni, <laughs> your thoughts? So when I think about Saturn and Aries, or really, so when I think about um, like the the idea of fall in the first place. So fall is is interesting because it's not a weak category, right? Um, fall is where perhaps things are misdirected, but not weak. And so if we look at something like Saturn in Aries, this is a this is a strong Saturn that like wants to do Saturn things very strongly. And so and, you know, I, I think maybe like uh, so being a manager or, um, you know, like being the one who doesn't own the thing, but who uh, who administrates uh, or administers rather, um, you know, an administrator is kind of what Saturn does. And so then I feel like put Saturn into Aries and it it can be like a little extra bossy or extra impatient um you know i feel like there's a fair amount of finger waving that goes on with um saturn and aries you know um and it's not so (laughs) this is a very strong saturn position but it's like um but aries you know aries is not where you go when you're when it's time to be patient or to do you know like a, a saturn time scale takes a long time to go around it's 30 or you know 45 years or something like that and so and saturn and aries like does not have time for that shit and so um you know so so saturn and aries um can can feel this way sometimes um i i whenever i read for saturn and aries then i bring up impatience and they're like oh my god i i just can't finish anything because i <laughs> like i just can't i like three minutes in i can't do it anymore you know yeah. so like anything they don't want to do becomes like impossible to do. It's mm-hmm. like a really legitimate I, concern. Yeah, definitely. definitely. The, the selfhood of it is super important, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about Aries as yeah, being exactly. like self-actualizing or trying to be independent, then, um, you know, managing things from that perspective is very much like, I, I don't care what you think I should do. Like, how does this, how does that matter to me? Yeah. Yeah. And it's literally like, being unable to get themselves to do something that doesn't serve them in some way. Um, I've seen a couple of folks with Mars and Libra opposite Saturn and Aries. (laughs) Yeah. I've, yeah, I've seen a couple of those clients totally. Yeah. And on the nose Mars retrograde. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. There was a Mars retrograde in Libra and then Chiron and, and, and Libra as well too um, around that time. Really, I mean, it's going to be a wonder to see how those folks move through their Saturn returns. I mean, gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Neptune's in Aries by that point, too. Mm-hmm. Mm, God, poor babies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not, to, not to scare anyone at all. It's just, it's, I think we, we're reacting to it because it's, you know, something that is so unknown, like to have Saturn, to have Neptune in Aries with Saturn, um, and then you guys going through your Saturn returns th- throughout, throughout that time, it just feels, um, 
Yeah, it just it's hard to kind of grasp what that might look and feel like. I guess um, it would have been like the previous Saturn and Capricorn generation then living through like the Saturn Uranus Neptune mm-hmm, of like yeah. our cohort. That's true. Yeah. And being like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. How's that gonna go down? <laughs> but here we They're are. They're probably saying, Oh, I can't wait for these kids to grow up and then yeah. like look at where we are now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um any other thoughts about Saturn and fall before we move on to detriment? Cool. So, yeah, so we covered Saturn and domicile, Saturn and fall, um, Saturn and exalted, Saturn and detriment. So this is, the, this is Saturn and the signs that are opposite its domicile, um, Saturn and cancer. And I don't know. I don't really see a lot of – Saturn in Leo is in detriment, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know why that, like – for some reason in my head, I'm like, I don't see that places, but it's definitely a thing. Um, so yeah, Saturn and Cancer. Saturn and Cancer. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, these folks are currently going through their Saturn or have been going through their Saturn opposition um, in their mid-40s currently and also Uranus opposition. Um, or 16 as well. I, I oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, thank you for for um for putting that out there too. Sixteen, wow. Um, yeah. yeah. When I think I of thought, Saturn, you know? yeah, God, Saturn and Aries. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome. I can't even like fathom. Um, so, sorry, Saturn and Cancer. In high I mean, it's a rough time to be in any sort of school. I can imagine, but yeah, especially high school. Oh. I I I feel for I feel for all those kids. Um, Saturn is so sensitive, you yes. know, and it's just like not feeling all the like disruption that's going on. Yeah, I mean, so let's talk about it. So Saturn, you know, is this very? It, it's the farthest planet from the sun um, when we're when we're speaking classically, and so it has this sort of like aversion to not aversion to the lights, but it's an opposition to the lights and the signs of the lights, meaning um, cancer in Leo, um, the signs ruled by the luminaries. And so, you know, Saturn likes the dark. Saturn likes to be sort of like hidden away and, you know, doing stuff in the background. And um, when it's thrust into the light, it can be very uncomfortable and so when we get Saturn in Cancer, um, this is, you know, a planet that's used to distance. It's used to having boundaries and walls up. But in Cancer, it's like in a hot tub, you know, <laughs> next, next to a bunch of other people. And it has to, like, learn how to put walls down and, you know, developing, like, how do you develop structure in the, in the ocean? How do you develop structure um, – in you know in a hot tub I mean I guess I'm thinking of like family units you know and how what it would look like I mean I guess I guess when I think of Saturn and Cancer I would think there's this responsibility towards um care and caretaking that is yeah it probably just weighs really heavy on Saturn and Cancer folks like you know the idea of taking care of others, especially those that are close to you, um, 
and what that might look like and how, and the difficulties that might come with that, just like feeling that heavy weight of responsibility. Um, whereas like in Capricorn, it's like about, it's about structures and really wanting to change things externally for the better. Um, I think in, in cancer, it must be, you know, I, I mean, what comes to mind is Jessica Lanyado and she's um, super stel- Capricorn stellium with Saturn and cancer and how careful and considerate she is um, around care and like how we take care of ourselves and other people. Um, yeah. What are you guys thoughts on Saturn and cancer? I mean, sure, this is sort of obviously important for all of these things, but I think especially for Saturn and Cancer, how that placement manifests has a lot to do with the moon, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can just, it can vary so widely. Um, But yeah, there's generally, like, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm not a huge fan of the Saturn equals father in a chart, right? I think we're sort of past that and we can sort of see Saturn as the sort of disciplining, whether it's a parent or a disciplining force. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Saturn and Cancer, there's definitely this like conflicted relationship uh, with the moon, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, no matter kind of where the moon is. So the aspect there is really important, I think. Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, And I think that's probably why another reason why it's so difficult for Saturn to be in cancer. It's like, you know, it's being ruled by this planet that changes signs every two and a half days. Saturn's like, I change every two and a half years. What the hell? Like, can you relax? (laughs) So, um, yeah, like the consistency that Saturn craves isn't really there in cancer. It's it's like always waxing and waning. Um, Exactly. And that's really difficult for Saturn. That's just like, can we just stabilize? Can we find some stable ground somewhere? Um, yeah, Zamboni, what are your thoughts? So um, I like, um, when, I, when I think about cancer, um, I think a lot about like um, nurseries and, you know, like making, making sure that the, the young ones are well taken care of and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And so um, I, I like the idea of thinking of cancer as a greenhouse. Um, you know, and so then if we, if we sort of extend this analogy a little further, then, um, the walls of the greenhouse are glass, right? And so if you want them to do wall things, then they are whack for that, right? Mm. Um, they, they accomplish a different purpose, um, which is to let the light in and and all this sort of stuff. And so you put, um, Saturn into this place and I, I just like have this image of like, uh, an old person, like in the sweltering heat, just like melting, just being just so uncomfortable. I really don't like it in here, right? <laughs> um, you know, but it's just, and so, so this is um, rather than, so like exaltation is a strong Saturn placement that maybe goes in, that, that might be misdirected or goes in some kind of like challenging direction. Uh, you cancer. Fall. Yes, what did I say? Exaltation, said, yeah, right? Yeah. The other one. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, where fall is a strong Saturn position that is going to be uh, misdirected potentially, then um, uh, detriment or exile is going to be. Uh, this is a weak Saturn placement, so this is this looks like Saturn not being able to accomplish Saturn goals very well, um, you know. And so then, if we're if we're in this idea of like a disciplinarian or something like that, you know, like I feel like Saturn in Cancer can sort of like be like kind of like a mama's boy kind of figure a little bit. You know, it's so soft and um, and doesn't really get some of that uh, hard ass Saturn that like tells you to just shut up and do the thing. You know, it gets coddled a little bit. Mm. And so 
Um, you know, and this, this feels very much like the uh, greenhouse analogy. Palace, you look like you had something to say. Oh, I'm just, I'm floored by the greenhouse analogy. I think it's yes, beautiful. I love it too. Let the um, light in. Yeah. Cause yes. this is what the moon does, right? It like brings right. us the light. Yeah. 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 I love that so much too. Like how glass walls aren't necessarily the strongest walls, um, but they serve a particular purpose. That's great. So yeah, let's talk about Saturn and Leo then. Um, because similarly, yeah, so it's Saturn opposite um, Aquarius, it's domicile in Aquarius. And there's, yeah, I, I again go back to like Saturn being so far away from the lights and how when it is thrust into the spotlight, you know, the sun, the sign of the sun, um, how uncomfortable that can be because it's sort of like, you know, asked to perform in some way. And Saturn's like not a performer necessarily. It's just, you know, Saturn would much rather be in stage crew, you know, like building the sets. Um, and so, yeah, director. what is it? Yeah, or, yeah, or even director. Um, one could say producer even. Like, you know, but not, not center stage. And so when you get Saturn in this place, I think it can become very insecure um because you know i think it feels the the responsibility to perform um or to show up or to even like yeah i don't know there's something about saturn in leo um what am i even trying to say i guess like yeah it's like the the light is too harsh you know and so when it's like Saturn and Aquarius wants the betterment of all, you know, ideally um, it's very group oriented. Whereas Saturn in Leo would be, it's very self oriented. And I think that can just become like almost like too much, too much orientation towards the self and being way too aware and conscious of, one's place within society in a, in a more detrimented way. You know, I think Saturn Aquarius is like, you know, I'm like, I'm part of this community, you know, Saturn and Leo is like, how do I stand out within this community? Um, or what are my responsibilities to like perform or to show up in a particular way? Um, yeah. What are you guys' thoughts on Saturn and Leo? Yeah, there's something really interesting, the relationship between Saturn and the sun, because the other thing about Saturn and Aries, right, is that it's in fall in the sun's exaltation, mm -hmm. right? So there's something really interesting there. I've seen, yeah, in terms of the, I love that, it's like Saturn and Aquarius is like feeling part of everything when often they are the ones who are, you know, yeah. having to lead, you know, which necessitates them being apart. Um, but, but yes, but Saturn and Leo, I've seen some Issues with, yeah, like internalized individualism for sure. And which come from like difficult experiences, right? Mm -hmm. And often difficult experiences with the collective and ways in which like their selfhood was straight up denied them, right? Mm -hmm. um, but there's also, that can lead to some, those like, like dogma problems, right? Like Saturn and Leo, I think can be pretty, yeah, can be pretty dogmatic. And that mm -hmm. can come as a sort of, uh, like anti-collective sentiment sometimes. Um, yeah, I think it can be a tricky one for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, dogma is a really good way to, to think about that. Um, you know, so this is, you know, Leo is a fixed sign. And so doesn't suffer from the problem that cancer had, which was that everything is like turning over super quickly, mm -hmm. right? Um, it suffers from maybe the opposite problem, which is like heels dug in, like, I don't care what, like, I'm not letting other things in um, because I know already, you know, um, there's this, and that's, that's one of the things about Leo um, sort of generally. Um, and, you know, it's, so we can talk about uh, Lee, some, some of the bad things that go on with Leo with Saturn there, with Saturn being a malefic. So Saturn's going to, you know, as a malefic is going to want to sort of push on the, the negative sig significations of stuff a lot of times. And so then we can like see this kind of like self-importance that can show up here or like, um, you know, like I, I already know what the rule is. And so I, I'm going to like do that thing. And actually, I feel like we can sort of see this with Saturn and Aquarius a little bit as well. Um, that Saturn in Aquarius sort of like has an idea of like what's really true and is not really trying to admit too much else mm -hmm. in there, you know, like I, I know what's right. Thank you. And, you know, um, so, can, you know, uh, Saturn in Aquarius is a little more willing to debate it or will have fun debating it. Whereas Saturn in Leo, I feel like, um, you know, it sort of scorns that a little bit, just like isn't trying to hear about other people's viewpoint around it you know fire versus air yeah mm -hmm, and it can mm -hmm. be taken very personally mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, for sure yeah yeah saturn and leo how old are the people of saturn i guess they're like 13 14 at this point um the people the the, the last people who were born yeah because we were i guess they're coming up on their opposition so probably like 12 13 um yeah. And then we're coming up on the Uranus opposition for the previous one. And then the previous one to that, like my mother is one of the Saturn mm. and Leos and is thus a, a Pluto and Leo too. So they wow. had the conjunction there. Wow. Damn. Yeah. My mom's a Saturn and Aquarius. Um, so I can't, I don't know a lot of Saturn and Leos to be honest. I know Gabe um, yeah. who we had on the Mercury yeah. episode I know um, a handful. I don't have many clients. Like when I was going through things, I don't have many clients with Saturn and Leo, which I feel like is revealing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think you're really onto something there because I, I feel the same way. I feel like I don't read for Saturn and Leo very often. Me mm either. -hmm, what's going on here? I know a couple astrologers with Saturn and Leo though. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to sit with that. <laughs> um, all right. So, Let's talk about like how to work with Saturn and Zamboni. I know you just did a whole talk for us at Fresh Voices about not just Saturn, but like working with difficult transits. Um, and yeah, I mean, that was really, it was a really great talk. And I think Saturn, um, Saturn issues are, are very real and big. I think with like, you know, Mars, the lesser benefic, we get, we obviously get Saturn, I mean, Mars issues, you know, but it moves so much faster that they tend to not be as chronic, which is such a Saturn word, um, as, as Saturn, Saturn issues. And, you know, sometimes we're in Saturn activation, Saturn's perfected. And you mentioned this earlier, Zamboni, um, if you do have Saturn as your perfected time lord, you get it for two years in a row because, you know, you get yeah, Saturn, Saturn signs are next to each other. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, 
for me, when it comes to working with Saturn or even we can talk about remediating or um, just like dealing with a Saturn transit, I think like, I guess my number one go-to is to check when it ends, <laughs> you know, cause there's like this, there's this thing with time and it's, you want to know, like, like you said earlier, Zamboni, like it feels never ending when you're in it. And so, you know, astrology can help us get an idea as to like, okay, you're in it right now and it sucks. But by this period of time, you're not going to be in it anymore and it's not going to feel this bad. And I think just having that knowledge um, can be so helpful. It was, it's, you know, that's um, one of my main reasons for becoming obsessed with astrology is, you know, you can see when the pain ends. Um, so there's that. And I think I, for, for me, when we're talking about malefics, but especially Saturn, I always default towards, you know, go towards the lights um, to counter, to kind of like balance out. If you're going through a really heavy Saturn transit, um, you know, you want to do extra self-care. You want to do, do things that'll help you like sort of thaw out the coldness of Saturn because Saturn as a malefic will introduce an extreme, an extreme of cold and dry. Um, so leaning into the moon, adds the moisture and, and the coolness um, to kind of like balance out that, that extreme of Saturn. And then with the sun, you're leaning into the warmth of the sun um, to help thaw out that, that intense Saturnian um, coldness. Um, but yeah, the sun can be dry too. So you gotta be, you really need that, that moisture from the moon and perhaps some Jupiter, some Venus um, as well. Thoughts, how about you guys? You know, that, that talk started out as a, uh, as a paper that I wrote for Influx Mag and then got rejected for. Wait, so. I didn't reject you. Oh, no, it's you because. Did. You did. No, I didn't. It's not that I rejected you because I do. And, you know, we can talk about this again when we bring Influx back. Um, but it just didn't fit into that issue that we were doing. But we're bringing sure. it back. I would love to have your paper. <laughs> <laughs> it just felt it felt in keeping with Saturn being like no. Um, anyway, so um, so yeah, I, I actually tend to go the other way with it. So rather than trying to lean on luminaries or uh, maybe trying to like uh, you know Saturn feels so cold and isolating. So like maybe if I go to Venus, then you know like I'll, I'll be able to feel connected or something like that i tend to go the other way which is like um so saturn is going on right now so i need to like really get i need to take this opportunity to do better with my discipline i need to like get up on time i need to do my work um this is a time when i'm going to feel lonely so like spending a bunch of time on tinder is a great way to just like hurt myself and i could instead of that i could like um you know handle my business and and like be a little more like cold and disciplined about things yeah like this is this is how i operate you know like, you're also I, saturn square mars in a night chart so you exactly tend to go right, hard. Right. So I, yeah and i go i go to that mars right so that you know like when it's when I'm feeling sad and and melancholy because Saturn is all up in my peace and I'm all lonely and all that, then it's like, well, uh, maybe it's time to like be the most badass whatever it is, you know, yes. like yeah. try to do that really hard. Um, and then in order to do that, then to lean on routines, 
and, um, you know, the, the sort of disciplined and um, consistent element. There's another ST for us, mm-hmm. um, but like the, the consistency of Saturn, you know, um, really, you know, you can sort of give Saturn, give Saturn that thing to like, or like anchor itself in your life. And then that can sort of like, you know, so, so the, the thrust of the talk was um, like, you, if you're going through a rough transit, then try to trigger that planet in your life in some way. So like if Saturn is going on, then like you, you don't uh, try to, to do the opposite thing. You just like let that thing happen. So if you're going through a Mars transit, then I, like I, the example that I used was I cut my hair, I cut my body in order to like let Mars have the cut that he wanted, right? Um, or, you know, in the, in the case of Saturn, you, um, I, I stopped smoking for a while. Um, I stopped doing this, you know, with the, with this idea of like, like negation of not doing something that feels fun, not doing something that you want um, in order to sort of appease Saturn. That's kind of like the the angle that I took in that talk. And, and that's to, what I typically uh, will tend to do as well. I kind of like try and do both of what you're both talking mm-hmm. about, which is awesome, which is like give give Saturn the thing, but make sure that thing ultimately serves like my moon right Mm -hmm. or like the thing that's Mm -hmm. ultimately impacted so like Mm -hmm. my my classic example of like working with a saturn transit is like dental care Mm -hmm. like if someone's having a bad saturn transit they should just like kind of become obsessed with taking care of their teeth it's like a really really great way um and then that's That's like a brilliant idea right and then it's like that's super solar right because it's like your face Mm -hmm. and then uh and then things like I mean, and then there's devotional things, right? Because Saturn, like both of you, as you know, Saturn loves like devotion and like routine, mm-hmm. right? And so those kind of practices work really well. And kind of working into that, one of the things that's my favorite is, and it relates to so much of what we've spoken about, is that kind of like listening to your elders, right? Like accepting accepting the Saturn wisdom is sort of like accepting wisdom from a variety of sources, mm-hmm. right? And that's sort of like receptivity, we would think more as sort of like a lunar thing, right? But it can actually work with Saturn in a way where um, you, you're, you're finding out your limits by like testing them. I love that. Yeah. Like for my, from, I, I agree. Like I, I like the, the two-pronged approach as well. Um, For my Saturn return, I started reciting, um, I started doing a daily mantra, um, a daily daily Saturn mantra um, with like a whole whole mala saying this mantra. And it's the one that Kelly Surtees recommends um, on her website. If you just type in I probably, if I can remember to link it in the show notes, I will. But <laughs> um, if you just Google Kelly Surtees Saturn Mantra, it'll bring up her blog post. Um, and that was so helpful. And I really think Saturn liked it a lot that, you know, it was doing this daily practice. And um, yeah, Saturn's about consistency. Um, so, and then, you know, my Saturn being in the 12th and, you know, super dignified and all that, um, I think it helped a lot as well. But yeah, I mean, for my Saturn return, there is, the, there was this really big, like, you know, just do this thing. Like for me, actually, a huge part of my Saturn return was starting a, a daily meditation practice. Um, 
And I always knew that my Saturn return was going to be about that. Like I always knew because I've always had a hard time um, doing consistent meditation. And, you know, what I, and I always knew there was going to be something that pushed me to do it. And what happened was coronavirus came, my anxiety um, went just what went to astronomical levels and I needed to meditate every, like I just needed it in order to function. Um, and that's what happened. I started a daily meditation practice and like planetary devotional practices um, during, well, right when Saturn entered Aquarius, basically. And it was the only thing that could kind of like get me out of these, like this 12th house fear spiral because um, Mars was also with Saturn during my Saturn return, the first one. Um, so yeah, I totally agree. Like the consistency piece. Saturn loves a daily mantra. That's I know Drew Levante um, does, he flosses on, on Saturdays, Saturn hour. Um, so that's another thing with the teeth. I'm totally going to start doing that too. It's such a good, you know, or any Saturn hour during the, you know, you're supposed to floss daily. Um <laughs> Any Saturn hour uh, would probably be a really good time to floss. Yeah, you're really um, you're really onto something here. With and so that what I um one of my kind of um, stock recommendations for people who are going through Saturn troubles is to um, you know Saturn has his joy in the twelfth, and so um, I I often recommend that people go to the twelfth house, um, you know, in whatever whatever your practice is. Um, you know, and so then, you, you know, the, the 12th house is going to be associated with like um, things that are hidden um, or ineffable. So there's that piece there, like the thing that sort of like um, you can't see, but that might move the whole thing. Um, and then, but then, you know, so we can see here like prisons and hospitals and uh, quarantine and mental asylum and um, these kinds of things. Retreat right? centers as well. Retreat centers. Yeah, yeah. Monasteries, um, you know, stuff like that. So um, yeah, that, so then that becomes like, okay, so Saturn, you're, you've got too much Saturn that's going on, or maybe not enough Saturn, you're like, you need to like, work with Saturn in some way. So go to the 12th house and sit there quietly and be bored. Let it be boring, mm -hmm. right? Because Saturn loves uh, some boredom. It's Saturn's favorite thing. Um, and so <laughs> if you go there and just be bored oh, for yeah. a little while, then that might bring on some of that insight that you're looking for or something like that, you know? Calm, calm some of that Saturn down. Totally. Yeah, my Saturn return came with like a, the start and which has continued to this day of like a rigorous like movement and meditation practice. Um, and also, um, and also like ancestor work, like an ancestor practice was also Saturn, mm. my Saturn return. Which mm, is, big time. Big 12 time. plus things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. South node as well. Sounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. South node and Saturn together is real, is real ancestry, right? Yeah. Oh, I love which these Saturn and Aries kids have, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, goodness. I'm just thinking that about babies that are born last year. Yeah. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. With oh those babies. <laughs> I know. I know a lot of people who have babies like that, and you don't see those babies smiling a lot. I'll just say, in pictures, those babies are fucking stone babies. They already know everything. They actually. know everything. Yeah. But by the time they're like 60, those they're going to be like, like that's going to be their prime. They're going to be the happiest, go lucky people ever because they just did all their aging <laughs> already. They backwards. Year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Ah, yeah. Okay. So, um, and I guess just in terms, like, just like a little disclaimer, which I haven't said on other episodes, but if you are looking to work, if you are looking for like remediation, I always suggest talking to an astrologer who does that. Yes, um, totally. Because you know, it can you can you know, remediation is a really serious thing, and people spend lifetimes um, working on it. So, you know, there's definitely really simple things you can do that won't won't be harmful, like doing a a daily mantra, like a Saturn mantra. Um, depending on the mantra, I will say, because there's many different types. And so um, like the one that Kelly Surtees um, does and suggests is pretty harm harmless because it's really about just developing discipline in your life and sort of like inviting Saturn in that way. Um, you know, reciting the Orphic hymn to Saturn on Saturn's day and hour, you're more likely not going to run into any issues, but if you're trying any sort of like intensive remediation practices, definitely consult an astrologer. I guess that's like my Saturn nudging me to be like, be responsible with this. Um, any other thoughts on Saturn to share from either of you? I guess I should say like, I really love, and I think this is kind of the, what queer astrology has done, right? Is sort of like take the Saturn as like the crone archetype, mm -hmm. which I feel like hasn't come up and really like needs to be attended yes. to because I really love that. I agree. I, the first time I heard that was um, at Norwalk and Cameron Allen, who is going to be on next week's episode with the Outer Planets, um, he, he talked about Saturn as like this crone archetype and how it feels so like, you know, your like grandmother like wrapping her arms around you and keeping you safe like that's and you know me as someone with such a dignified like day chart saturn um my saturn return really has felt that way it felt i mean i i felt bad almost talking about my saturn return and how like it's not that it was like amazing and daisies or anything but i really feel and felt so protected um, so taken care of by Saturn during my Saturn return. And yeah, it just felt like, you know, like a kid wanting to like just run and play and do all the things. And Saturn, Saturn's that like, like you said, a crone archetype that's just a little bit wiser and can gently guide you in the right direction and keep you away from danger. And that's, you know, I'm speaking again, someone with a day chart Saturn in its own sign in the, in the sign of its joy or house of its joy. Um, a night chart Saturn with difficult aspects might not feel that way about Saturn um, because Saturn's going to not necessarily show up or manifest as a protective influence um, in a night chart. I think that Saturn in general is protective, um, but yeah, it might not be experienced that way by everyone. So I just want to put that out there. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with that sort of like crone archetype. Um, it definitely can be the old man, the old wise man. It can a hundred percent also be the old wise woman or old wise person. <laughs> so I'll just weigh in quickly, um, with, a with a Saturn uh, who is, um, maltreated in a night chart. Um, so you know, and I, I feel like it's, I feel the same way as I did about Saturn and Aquarius, where I was like, is this draconian? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, you know, but I think that there's, um, 
there, you know, as much, as much of this sort of like generosity and kind of like, um, like being, being held in a sturdy container, I think there's also great possibility for bitterness in this kind of, uh, domain and Saturn and bitter go very well together, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, cold and astringent and like, you know, uh, brittle, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I feel like the crone, um, P.S. Kronos is the Greek name for Saturn. Hey. But, um, <laughs> so I, I feel like this kind of like, um, you know, the crone is often thought of as like the third in the like maiden mother crone situation, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, there's, you know, there, there's definitely like a grandmotherly quality. Well, I also had a couple of gangster ass grandmothers um, who, who were not like having that bullshit. Um, <laughs> Night chart <and> Saturn. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And so, yeah. you know, like that is, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like I've said my piece here. Thank you for that, though. I love that. The Kronos. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that brings our Saturn episode to a close. Thank you so much. This is the last like planetary episode that I'm recording and recorded all the other ones. And so, and you know, we had to reschedule this a couple of times because Saturn <laughs> really wanted to be direct when we recorded uh -huh. this. Um, so yeah, we, I mean, I didn't say this at the top, but we're recording this on Friday, October 2nd. Um, it's going to come out on, I guess the 5th is the Monday, if I'm doing math correctly. Um, yeah, so we're recording this like shortly before you hear this because Saturn really wanted to be direct when we recorded it and delayed us, Saturn, um, until then. So um, thank you both so much for being a part of this. Let, let, so let the people yeah, oh, yeah thank you this was awesome <laughs> um, let's let the people know where they can find you palace um, my website's the best place and it's nineofwands.com uh, which is all spelled out and that you can find my socials there and then also information about like events I'm doing like there's one coming up in November and then I also have a patreon which is patreon slash nine of wands and so there's updates and good stuff there too. Awesome. Thank you. Zamboni. Yeah. So um, the, um, the dailies that I mentioned before and the weekly horoscopes that are, are not horoscopes, but forecasts that I do, um, those are available on Instagram. Um, so you can find all that uh, Zamboni Funk at Zamboni Funk on Instagram. Um, you can also go to my website, uh, ZambonifUnk.com and um, find all the stuff there. I also have a Patreon, again, patreon.com slash Zamboni Funk. Um, and so in, with that, um, it's a, I, I do like Astro Basics there and talk about sort of like, you know, how to, how to understand what's going on in astrology, you know, with the idea of like, maybe you are listening to YouTube astrologers or something like that, and you want a better understanding of like what it is that they're even talking about. Um, so breaking down a lot of that sort of stuff. But then also, um, I've been really excited about sort of like uh, the enchantment piece, um, especially during uh, the apocalypse that we're living through right now and sort of like needing some, some uh, technology, uh, some ceremonial technology with which to uh, sort of lean into the wild changes that are going on. And so, um, so there's like a group exercise that we do regularly on my Patreon um, and, and all sorts of stuff like that, which is very much about sort of like using practical enchantment um, to better your life in this in this uh, transitional moment and using astrology to describe the moment. 
Yeah, and I will just say I attended I attended one of those last night. It was so much fun. Um, yeah, group enchantments are awesome. So definitely check out both the Zamboni and Palace's Patreon pages and their websites, and they both do readings. Um, you would be blessed to have one from either of them. So with that, um, I'll let you guys go. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you got a lot out of the episode. I surely did. Um, make sure to check out Zamboni and Palace and their links below. Um, both are incredible astrologers. And with that, I'm just going to leave you with the Orphic Hymn to Saturn. And I'll see you again next week. We have an episode all about the outer planets. So we're talking about Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Really excited to share that one. So I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. Ethereal Father, Mighty Titan here. Great fire of gods and men whom all revere, endued with various counsel, pure and strong, to whom perfection and decrease belong. Consumed by thee, all forms that hourly die, by thee restored, their former place supply. The world immense and everlasting chains, strong and ineffable, thy power contains. Father of vast eternity, divine, O mighty Saturn, various speech is thine. Blossom of earth and of the starry skies, husband of Rhea and Prometheus' wife. Obstetric nature, venerable root, from which the various forms of beings shoot. No parts peculiar can thy power enclose, diffused through all from which the world arose. O best of beings of a subtle mind, propitious here to holy prayers inclined. The sacred rites benevolent attend and grant a blameless life, a blessed end.